Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with ComSeed Barry. We're going to talk about Barry's origin story and uh, some of the things he does for ComSeed. As you all know, I have uh, lots of sponsors, but uh, none of them more important than ComSeed for this episode. <laughs> so I have ComSeed, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, as well as Panini, Upper Deck, and Top. So the whole ecosystem is covered. But ComC has a very unique and pleasant niche that I benefit from to be able to semi-anonymously sell cards in a transaction that's trusted. Barry, uh, welcome to the show. You're a big part of that. I want to hear how you got there, what your collecting chops are. So ComC, Barry, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your background. Thank you very much. I started collecting back in probably around 1974, 75, when I was first introduced to cards. And... It was in grade three when I was helping another student carry his lunchbox into school. And as a thanks for carrying his lunchbox, he gave me a stack of cards. And I said, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that they actually have pictures of players who who I see on TV playing hockey. At that point, I became hooked to cards. I didn't save those cards back those years, but eventually in 1976, 77, that was pretty much the official beginning of my my collecting and and all the way to this present. I basically just collected all the way through up until today. That is cool. I got the impression you were in Vancouver or, or British Columbia. I started collecting back when I was living in a small town called Laclabish, Alberta, which is like a three-hour drive northeast of Edmonton. And okay. we lived there up until about 1979. Then we moved to Edmonton. The strange story is that, of course, for hockey in 1979 was a huge year. <laughs> I didn't collect very many cards that year because I later found out that we had to move from Black Labish to Edmonton because my mom had uh, ovarian cancer. And basically, we need to be close to uh, a major city and hospital. So we basically made the move there. I didn't collect very many cards back then. I didn't get a Gretzky then, but I'm glad to have my mom's life to, and give up the Dwayne Gretzky card. Absolutely. I hope that story is uh, unfolding and is a good resolution. My mom's still and, and dad are still with me as well. And it's, it's precious to have the older generation still around. But if you would have gotten a lot of hockey cards there in 79, 80, <laughs> be, you might not be working for Com C, Barry. You'd be retired. Oh, if you just had not. <laughs> a few boxes. Okay. So you really didn't take a break from collecting. No. Nope. So I, I'm from Edmonton. I, I moved down to Vancouver in 1990 and, and I worked at the bank for a number of years got laid off. And then I knew Tim from the shows because he was coming to Vancouver to attract new customers because it was a fledgling company. And I happened to know know Tim through a, a colleague who, who used to set up shows at the time. And he was so enamored with Tim and the concept that every show that he knew that Tim was coming up, he would call the promoter and ask him to set up his table right next to Tim so that he can work out some sort of deal. And I just happened to know Tim through my friends. I basically kept up a relationship with Tim throughout that time. And when I lost my job at the bank, I, t- I said, Tim, I'm looking for a job. And Tim said, we'll see what we can do. And then uh, we made a proposal to open up ComC Canada in 2011. We, we basically opened up uh, our office pretty soon after that. When I was hiring people back when our company was in a fast growth mode, we hired a lot of really sharp generalists. They understood the hobby, but they didn't necessarily have a CPA, for example. Mm-hmm. So it would seem like you would be overqualified for uh, some of the jobs that they had, but apparently Tim could see that you're uh, strategic mind, whatever. And again, somebody that's good with numbers and a smart guy would be versatile and able to contribute to his growing company. I honestly think that Tim had a leap of faith because he he knew I was working for the bank. He knew what I was actually doing in the bank. It was very high risk sort of stuff. And basically you need a lot of trust and lots of controls. And I think that was a really good selling point for him where 
to be able to open up an office that is not part of the headquarters, you need a lot of trust in someone to be work to operate a company so far away where it's not within arm's length. He took a leap of faith and I'm glad he did because I got employed. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> so far, I think it's turned out really rewarding from both sides. I, yeah, I do believe I was a, a tad overqualified at that point, but the company has then risen to the point where I can basically interject and, and provide a lot of my experience from my banking days and, and my CPA into the company where it would be really worthwhile in terms of where, where the company is at this time and where it's going. There's also a strategic aspect, like your CMA. Seem like that's yeah. a, even more of a strategic degree where somebody that's able to really see where things are going financially. It seemed like that would be really valuable. Tim is quite an outstanding programmer and visionary. But like I said, I think the Canadian office was really wise. It really opened up that market because the way things are, the border is a border. So you've been up in Canada. How often do you get to uh, Redmond? Not very often. I've spent probably a couple of months for training in Redmond and went back and forth a couple of times. But with email and Skype and now Teams, it's fairly easy to communicate with the folks over there. I go down there for annual meetings, but unfortunately, the last annual meeting was in 2019 and then COVID hit and now no one can cross the border. Well, one of the problems, we, we had a few employees who were remote, ad salespeople, and the disappointment they had, not so much COVID because this was a long time ago, is that when you're in a different office, you don't meet the new employees. And I know there's a lot of you know new people coming on to ComC and they've probably heard of you, but they wouldn't get to meet you except virtually. Do you have your own separate team up there or do you need to rely heavily on the Redmond activities? Uh, we have a group of employees here and we're, and we're fairly independent from what they do. We do our best in terms of providing the same sort of standardized processes that, that Redmond does. We're such a minion compared to them that whatever rules or standards they set, we, we need to follow because they, they basically optimize. And, and really, the only thing that we can do is, we can do is basically offer our thoughts such as, is there any risk to this and, and that sort of thing, or see if there's any other e efficiency that can be done. But pretty much what standards they set is what we follow. So it's parallel. It's, yes. it's reasonably parallel. The problem is, is that you, you really can't get the cards across the border very easily, can you? If that your submissions are from Canada and you can't take it over to store it in Washington state, can you easily without a, a customs transfer? Or? Yeah, that's what we do. We process all the, all the cards here. Every card has its nomenclature before it actually goes down across the border. So the American border would know exactly what's, what's being crossed and the country of origin and, and all, all that sort of stuff that they need before it uh, gets there. Okay. So if I'm at the uh, expo in Toronto this May, uh, presumably you and I can meet if, if you're over at that, which you might be, if it still happens. So if I'm up there and if I acquire a few cards and I want to put them in my ComC account, I just bring them over to you. Yes. We'll take the submission you, at the show. Yep. Take it there. But then eventually, of course, I don't really care where they're domiciled, but you're saying you would do the initial processing. And then at some point they'd be ported over to the main depository. Correct. Okay. And then I don't have to worry because I'll do an episode one of these days about a time when I bought some type cards that were a little bit more expensive in Canada. This is, goes back twenty more than 20 years and I got stopped at the border. And I, I, I always declared I'm an honest guy, but you still have to explain to the customs person, yes, these are hockey cards or these are baseball cards. And yes, here's what I paid for them. And you have to pay some duty if it's above a certain amount. For you to be able to take that headache away is pleasant. So tell me about the, the latest virtual shows you did. I, I think ComC got accolades and you were part of that, especially the virtual expo that was a number of months ago. What are the different things you did to prepare so that ComC could look good in that showcase? Knowing that the spring of 2020 show was canceled and they were putting in the virtual expo, I felt it was important for our company to 
have continuity from show to show. We built up that momentum by attending the expos for a number of years. So we didn't want to stop and and say, okay, we're only going to go to live shows. We're not going to do virtual shows. We want to keep that continuity. We want to support the Steve Menzi and, and the shows. So we opted in for the virtual show in June. That was a bit of a learning experience. The objective was to be there for the customer if they have any questions and have some games, have some fun, interactive stuff. I noticed that whenever we set up at, at the regular shows and we don't have cards or anything to look at, there's a tendency of people just to walk by our, our booth and really not be interested in, in the company. They're just there to see cards. But if we've put out cards and have some games and fun, we get people to stop by our, our, our booth more often. So that was a concept that I put in. They always stop by at the real shows because they want to spin the wheel. Exactly. So a, a virtual wheel to spin? spin? We use the wheel in the Toronto, but the wheel is too big and cumbersome to take to a smaller show such as Edmonton or, or Montreal, which we do. I developed the concept of the dice game. So we can basically buy some stress dice and, <laughs> and have our ComC logos. And we use that instead of the wheel where they would roll the dice and whatever value it, it comes to, they get put into a draw for that, a card that is associated with that. And then they get to keep the dice or one dice. So it's a game plus something for the guests that came by. So it, it, well, your objective is to get them into your ecosystem and to be a buyer or a seller on uh, Comp C and see the strength and breadth of what Comp C has to offer uh, in the hobby. It's a little bit of a unique niche. If you can demonstrate that, that's good. So you're signing up dealers occasionally. You're signing up buyers, collectors occasionally. Is it at the big shows? Is it mainly focused on the consumers or at those uh, virtual expos where you're signing up some dealers that have significant inventory? We haven't had a lot of dealers that stop by and inquire about ComC. We're basically open during the show. So if anyone has questions, we would answer. It's more challenging on, on, on to, to talk to people in the chat box. So we're available, but it happens that people are more interested in the game. We basically, from June to November, we, we brought it up a notch. And, and the concept of the, con, the ComC challenge was born in, in that. We wanted more interactive time with the guests. Steve Menzi provided us uh, a wrap report of, of how everyone did for the June show. I saw that our interaction wasn't very strong, so we wanted to, to build it up. And we basically developed almost like a, a game show out of it where we basically hold up a card and people have to guess what the number on the card is. So whoever answers the most correct in 10 minutes gets to win store credit and advance to a playoff round. That was huge because we got people who like to participate. We got people who, who, who love to watch like viewers of a game show. It was a huge success in terms of fanning like engagement and more so for this show because we wanted the focus to be giving back to our customers because we know that our processing times and our shipping times weren't the best and we we wanted to show the public or, or our customers like in a virtual show this is what comc is capable of we want to shine a light that's and and, and give us what we call like a, a passion brand where hey you know what ComC is, you, you can shop there 24-7, but hey, you come here and you can have fun at, at the virtual show. If you have questions, you come by and ask your questions, but this is all for fun for the customers. We have the ComC challenge, we have the dice game going, and we have free box breaks for, for, for anyone who has a ComC account. If I go back in the day, we had a desire to increase customer engagement. That's really what you're talking about and not to push you in this direction, but I'll just tell you this, and there'd be people listening to the podcast that, that would be examples of this, but when we gave opportunities for customer engagement that was fun like that, our, our version of that from a long time ago, we wound up hiring people. The people that won the contests or that, that were really sharp, we, we hired some over the years. As I look back of people that their first interaction was answering a, a quiz or, or giving uh, some feedback to us and they were sharp. So it's your origin story. You were on Tim's radar because you were sharp and you uh, were interested in the hobby. And when you became available, 
He was uh, smart enough, just as I was smart enough to recognize good talent. Com C. Barry, thanks for being a guest. Thank you, listeners. I I encourage you to patronize not just Com C, but all the sponsors. It's a wonderful hobby. And again, thanks, Barry. Thanks, everybody. Be back tomorrow. The man in the house of cards.